The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And we're rolling, we're grooving down to the break it down. Wiggy, 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 <laughs> scratch. <laughs> I'm so white. Welcome, everyone, to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass and talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I'm one of your hosts. And to my right is a man who is on the mend. He's feeling much, much better than he was on Saturday when he had tough through, uh, tough it through for the uh, Saturday brunch but he's back here tonight so I want to present dustin henry dustin how are we doing tonight bud back and as average as ever uh it was the healing Nick. power of football that got me through this though healing power of football everybody uh you know and i'm sure my voice as you can tell still a little different and i'm sure there's people out there that are watching or listening on the myriad of platforms that are available for this show that once I get back to my normal voice, they're going to be like, oh, he sounds annoying now. I liked it. I liked it better when he was sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure nobody's saying that. No one at all. <laughs> well, Man. I got to work out in tonight. I said, I was talking, we're talking to the green room before the show, and we, uh, I talked about how I, I, I hadn't worked out almost a week because my heels bother me, but I did 60 minutes of cardio tonight, feeling great, and I'm pumped. I'm pumped for this show because we, we get to talk football. There you Foosball. go. And when you when you mentioned uh, the, the problems that you were having with your foot, it brought me back to um, when we went to a Yankee game years ago together. We went to opening day, and the two of yep. us – trying to run because we thought we were going to miss the train spoiler we did miss the train but you and i both <laughs> had foot pain it was one of the funniest things that must have, i always think about people watching us two at the time you know uh one person in their possible 40s i can't remember how many years ago me in my late 30s we are trying to hoof it to the train, but we both had foot problems at the time. We did not make it, and it made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are going to – well, we're going to we're gonna talk about people who, who do run. Yes. Uh, like and rather gazelles. well in a, in a different sport. Yes, <laughs> like some, some, some like gazelles, some like curvy unicorns. So we'll get, to, <laughs> we'll get to that and more in just a moment. Before we go on, we just want to remind you about our social media channels, which are right down here below on Twitter, Instagram, and the, uh, okay, now it's scarcely used again, TikTok. It's at NoCredsRQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsRQ, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsRQ. If you're watching on replay the next day on Rumble, thank you for joining us on the Belly Up Sports YouTube channel. Thank you for joining us. We want to remind you to please kindly like, comment, share, and subscribe to all of our social channels below. Actually, Dustin, big news. We're up to 346 subscribers Ooh. on YouTube. So we need four to get to the magic tree fitty. Oh, man. 
We got to put a chef icon up there once we get there. Come on, help we us do. get there. Once we, get, once, we need to get the Loch Ness Monster in here once we hit tree fitting. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? On the podcast. Go ahead. You know, you know what? Screw it. I'm putting it out there. We tried to do it last year. We're doing it again this year. We are reinstating the drive for five. Can you help us get to 500 before 4th of July? That's right. We're doing it yeah. a little different. I'm throwing 4th of July out there. Woo. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. On the podcast side, you can subscribe to the podcast on a myriad of podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, the soon-to-be-departed Google Play. Wherever you podcast, rate and review. Please leave us a five-star rating. That would be awesome. And if you can, if you're on a platform where you can, please review. Leave a review. We might even read it on the air. And since this is a live show on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern and Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, we want you to engage with the show. We've got a couple of comments already. Uh, Dr. Lady Esquire says, Ryan is so white. I would agree. She also says three weeks from catchers and pitchers reporting. I know she's a big baseball fan, so so thanks for being with us, Dr. Lady. But yes, please, engage with the show. We want your comments, whether it be live here or on the replay. We want you to engage with us. And Dustin, I know this sound made you feel better, but this sound can only do so much more, so much more fortification for your, for your immune system. You got to play it. <laughs> And yes, again, live show. Please engage with us. We want your comments. And, and again, also on the replay, if you're watching on Rumble, if you're watching on Belly Up YouTube channel, leave your comments below. We want to hear. We want to hear your comments. And uh, I got this. Uh, you're wondering. You're wondering. You're probably asking yourself, Ryan, what's that nifty headwear you're wearing tonight? Uh, this is a special hat. Uh, this is made from the guys at Craft Brood Sports who. Uh, like I said, last week, unfortunately, they lost a member of the team, Caesar, uh, passed away unexpectedly. Uh, they're selling these hats, and the proceeds for these hats go to Caesar's family. They want to help out as much as they can. So I went up getting a hat from their store, and the proceeds from this hat, again, they go to Caesar's family. They want to help the best they can. They love they love, their, they love their guy, they love their co-host, and, yeah, support their family. So I'll, I'll drop the link on the YouTube channel. That way you can go ahead and uh, even if you didn't know Caesar, get this hat. He loved he loved what's called rope hats, where they had the rope right here uh, on the hat. And I'm wearing it tonight. I told the, I told guys at Craft Brood Sports I got it in the mail today. I'm gonna wear it on the show tonight, and that's what I'm doing. It's going and it's going to a good cause. So I'll drop the link in the YouTube in the YouTube channel uh, when I get the chance and supports a good cause. So we're gonna get to it. And we're going to talk about the week that the, the recap. We're going to recap the uh, NFL divisional round. We're going to start on Saturday afternoon between the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. And Dustin, I, I didn't watch much of this game. I I I won't lie because I was covering the I went to the Firewolves game. Unfortunately, they lost their first game of the season on Saturday night. And uh, I watched literally. I watched one drive. Okay. <laughs> I watched one drive. It was a drive that put. The tight the, the uh, Ravens up ten to three in the second quarter, but I want to get your impressions about this game, uh, Dustin. What's your impression? What were your what? What's some of the impressions you had uh, taking away from this particular game? Well, this game, first of all, I thought that in the first half, at least to my eyes, 
both teams, to my recollection, uh, they came out and they traded field goals to start. Yep. And then the Ravens scored a touchdown. And then after that, the Texans scored a surprising special teams touchdown that I think kind of put the Ravens on, on guard a little bit. They were they were a little tight, and I thought they were feeling the pressure. And they went into the locker room at half, tied at 10. And I'm thinking to myself, are the Texans going to pull this out? But make no mistake, the Texans' defense held the, held the game, held the Texans in the game as long as it could. But whatever John Harbaugh said to the Ravens at their halftime locker room break must have worked because then the Ravens came out and they started clicking and you could tell that they relaxed. And we know we know what Lamar Jackson can do. We know that their running game is opportunistically good at spots. It seems that they don't have the best running game, but when they needed to use it to sustain sustain drives, they were able to do that. Um, much to your chagrin, Ryan, Dalvin Cook got some late run. I'm sure he looked pretty good uh, considering the layoffs. He got a 19-yard long run. They put him in at fullback for one for one play, so I thought they were going to go back to the drawing board. When you put when you put him in at fullback, you got to figure he's going to be involved in something later. But that that never materialized. Um, but I have to say, this game more than anything proved to me how good the Baltimore Ravens defense is, uh, mm -hmm. because this is the first game that I can recall at all where C.J. Stroud looked like a rookie at all. This is the first time right. where you looked at him and you're like, okay, he is a human. You know, he is still a rookie. Um, but to me, that just puts in perspective how great his season actually was. And the announcing team for the game actually made a, a to me, funny comment that just illustrates C.J. Stroud's mindset. Um his mother, they showed C.J. Stroud's mother in the stands, and she was absolutely living and dying with every play, head in her hands, you know, all these big reactions. And he actually looked up, and he found her in the stands, and he mouthed to her, I love you. It's okay. You know, like he, he was a cool customer. Um, but this so, lady – I, I do have a question, though. Yeah. Did he jump into his mom's arms and start crying like Jordan Williams did? Last this past season in the uh, in one in the I think it was the Oregon game. <laughs> no, he did okay. not do that. Thank you. Good. He, okay. Good. I would have lost respect for him if he did. But, no. Yeah. Go ahead. He, Continue. He do that. Um, but like I said, the fact that they were the Ravens were able to make C.J. Stroud look like a rookie just shows how good they actually are. They were able to shut down the Texans' run. The Texans' offense, for the first time arguably all season, looked pretty anemic. Like I said, were it not for that special team's touchdown, the score would have been even more out of hand. Uh, but still, the Texans should be proud of the season that they've had, and I'm looking forward to watching this team for seasons to come. Yeah, absolutely, and uh... – Look, for anyone who is a Houston Texans fan, you guys have been you've been through the ringer for the last half decade. And I have I happen to think it all started in that 2019 playoff game uh when they faced Kansas City 
Uh, they just beaten Buffalo in the wild card in overtime, in that wild, wild finish in overtime. Go to Kansas City. They go up, I think, 24 to nothing in that game. And Kansas City took over from there. They blew that lead apart. Wound up winning that game going away, and unfortunately they lost to the Patriots the next week in the AFC Championship. And then all of a sudden, things start happening with Deshaun Watson. They, mm-hmm. they, the, the allegations of, her, of, of harassment uh, with these masseuses, with these private masseuses, the collusion with with the McNair family, the alleged I'm sorry, the alleged collusion with the with the McNair family. And Watson saying, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna hold out this year. I'm gonna hold out. You're giving me a I want you to give me a bigger contract. I want you to give being a big contract. And I want to, or I don't, I don't want to be here. And again, the whole collusion thing with the allegations coming to light with the McNairs seemingly being a part of it, which is which is the sadder part. He holds out for the year, eventually gets traded to Cleveland. They signed him to that $240 million guaranteed contract, which I'm still befuddled yeah. as to why they gave him that much money guaranteed. And now they go through a rebuild. They go through three coaches in three seasons, consecutive seasons. They have three different head coaches. They bring in D'Amico Ryans this season. And you think, you know what? It's going to be another rebuild year. Yeah. It's, this is going to suck. We got to go through the motions again. We got to break, embrace the suck, as they say uh, in the Navy with the Navy SEALs. Embrace the suck because you know it's going to be bad. But this year was a delightful surprise if you were a Houston Texans fan. You got to the playoffs, you won the division. CJ Stroud had a great season. You know, can't give him. You can't give him enough credit with this team turnaround. But also, you could also say you give a lot of credit to D'Amico Ryan's for this turnaround as well. Yes, because he's the one who is the catalyst for this team. He's the one who is who comes into a messy situation. They not only draft CJ Stroud, they also draft Will Anderson. D'Amico Ryan's puts in this awesome defensive game plan for the Texans every single week. CJ Stroud. 23, 23 touchdowns to five interceptions, a 4.6 to, to one rate between interceptions and touchdowns, which is what you exactly what you want. I exceeded expectations, especially as a rookie. And they won the champion. They won they won the title. They won the, they won the AFC title. They won the wild card game going away against the Browns. And then they hung in there for three quarters against this Ravens team. And God bless their defense for being they're keeping them in the game for for this long, for that long. I mean, it was only 17 to 10 at the end of the third quarter. But then the inevitable happened. And I also can give them credit because they, they cycled Lamar Jackson three times and they kept them in relatively in check mm-hmm. throughout the game. But then again, the biggest number, the biggest number to me is that when a team has the ball for over 37 and a half minutes. Eventually, the dam will break and the floodgates will open. The Ravens take over in the fourth quarter. They score, they scored, they scored on all four of their second half possessions. They had three touchdowns and a field goal. Scored on all four possessions that they had. And they had two touchdown drives that went over seven minutes. And the Ravens offense just he just pulverized the Texans defense. Cause when you're in defense, yeah. you're on the field for that long. They're gassed. 
you're gonna get gassed and you're just gonna get you're just gonna get just pounded into the sand. And that's exactly what happened. But regardless of the result, Texans fan, be proud of your team. Be proud of your team and be proud of where they've come to. And not only that, you also have the Browns first round pick in this draft. I think they draft 23rd. I think they draft what 23rd overall. Let me do the research here. Okay. On tickathon.com, which is my favorite site. They they keep track of all uh all the draft orders. They'll be drafting yeah, 23rd, as I thought. As I oh, thought you were on point. the money. Encyclopedia Ritanica strikes again. Boom. <laughs> Let me turn my tassel. <laughs> but yeah, this is and we thought we said to our we said on this program on Saturday, we said that if the Texans can catch the Ravens off guard, especially early, they would have the chance to win. And they kept to their credit, they kept them in check. They couldn't get anything done offensively because of the way that the Ravens defense is just absolutely outstanding. I, I thought the Ravens would get be kind of rusty. They, they really weren't. They only allowed that one touchdown on special teams, as you said, Dust, as you pointed to Dustin. And the Ravens, they're scary. It's a scary oh, team. Yeah. They've been a scary team all season long. And now they're advancing to the championship. And from what I understand, this is the first time that Baltimore has hosted an AFC championship of uh, an AFC championship game since the Colts were there in 1971. Wow. That's the last time a Baltimore team has is hosting has hosted an AFC championship, a conference championship. And the Ravens going to come are going to do it next Sunday at M&T Bank Stadium. It's going to be a loud house there. It's going to be a loud house down there. It's going to be a loud house down there. Yeah, and uh I cannot wait for this game, but we will discuss that on Saturday. <laughs> and we'll find out who they'll be playing in the AFC Championship game in just a little while. Yes. But we need to get to the next game of the evening, the evening cap, the nightcap of the divisional round that was Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. I'll lead off with this one. I didn't catch this game, much of this game, until I got home from the Firewolves game. But when I got home, I was surprised to see the result in a, in, a, in, a, in a kind of a way. You know, in a way, I was kind of rooting for the Packers because – I wanted to see the number seven seed keep going. I'll uh, see you, everybody. Love everybody loves an underdog story, and anyway, Packers just like Texans fan. Packers fan, be proud of this team. Be proud of how they played. Be proud of how they got themselves together offensively and defensively to get to this point. But they 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 forced Brock Purdy to to look ordinary. He looked yes. ordinary. Uh, looking from the highlights, he looked ordinary the entire game. And watching from, I think, the end of the third quarter on, I'm going, what is going on with Brock Purdy? Now, I don't know if it was the weather or it was the fact that he was missing Debo Samuel. I guess he got hurt. I believe he got hurt in the first quarter. And he's question. I believe he's questionable for Sunday's game. But but they, but other guys filled in. Uh, Juwan Jennings, he filled in pretty nicely. Had some nice catches down the stretch. Uh, they relied on Christian McCaffrey. You run the ball. You run the ball when you have to. And then... But you could say that this this is the first time we've seen the 49ers have some real adversity this season, especially this late down, this late in the game where they're down, uh, where they're down, where they're down, down four points, and they had that stat that Kyle Shanahan teams 
who are behind by more than yes. three points entering the fourth quarter of lifetime. They're 0 and 30. Yeah. But then you saw Anders, Anders Carlson missed that field goal, would have put Green Bay up by seven with six minutes and change. And then Purdy leads this team on a, six, on a 12 play drive. They just eat the clock, short passes, runs by Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Purdy escapes a sack. Gets a couple of yards, more short passes, big big throws when he need them, and then eventually was capped off by that six yard touchdown run by Christian McCaffrey with just over a minute left. And the Niners' defense, they played uncharacteristically suspect football. Gave up some big plays, especially on the scoring side. Gave them some big, big chunk plays to the Packers. Gave up some big runs at that fifty three yard run uh, by uh, Aaron Jones. Deep and that was deep in Packers territory too. They, that their punter had pinned the Packers inside their own ten, and then Aaron Jones rips off a huge run, which to that point would have set up the gate with like a field goal that would have put them up seven. Unfortunately, Carl uh, Carlson misses. Forty Nineers respond. Packers Packers get the ball back to do something with it, and you see you kind of see Jordan Love uh, doing something special, but. Niners get the turnover when they need it with that just after that desperation pass by Jordan Love. And I looked at the replay. I'm going, there's a receiver right there in the middle. And there's a receiver. They have a check down. They have a check down back right there. Aaron Jones is right there. They have, they have, they have their timeouts. And unfortunately just got desperate through the cross body. Kinlaw uh, picks off the pass, wastes time off the clock. And then it's fade out complete. Niners move on to the championship. Yeah, and that to me sums up just how good the Niners are. And there must have been something about this game. No shade to your team, Dave, if you're if you're watching. Um, but I was very sick on Saturday, and I ended up dozing off uh, during this game. So I did not see a lot of this game as well. But the Packers had to play very well and catch the Niners sleeping, and they did that. They did that to some degree. They did they not not the way that they pounced on the Cowboys, but they definitely surprised the San Francisco 49ers, but the Niners were able to win the game um because of the talent that they have. Brock Purdy, I've seen a lot of his play and this is no slight against Brock Purdy. I've seen a lot of his play being that he shares the NFC West with my beloved Seahawks. And he does, as good as he have, as he has been, the reason that there are people that are not ready to fully anoint him as a star quarterback is because he has these games where he disappears. And then you remember that he is younger still, and he's still developing. But this 49ers team has the feel to me to, to go back to the other team that we just talked about, the Ravens. The 49ers team has this feel of the 2000 Ravens team to me a little bit. A lot of stars on offense, great defense, and a quarterback that is not going to lose the game for you. And that is not a shot at Brock Purdy. It's just how I see it. And that blueprint did well for that team. And I think it could potentially do very well for this team. Now, the Packers, they got a lot to hang their hat on this this season they did a great job 
but Jordan Love had to play a mistake-free game, and unfortunately, he did. He did the uh, the one thing you cannot do with that ill-advised crossbody throw, especially against a defense the caliber of the 49ers. Even when they're playing a down game, you can't give them opportunities like that. But Jordan Love had to be perfect for the Packers to win. The 49ers, on the other hand, have the luxury of being able to have pretty much a dud game from their quarterback. But the key about Purdy in that game is he sustained he put together a sustained drive to eat the clock when the Niners needed it. So mm-hmm. on they advance. Congratulations to the 49ers. Congratulations to the Packers on a great season. Uh I also am excited for this game next week. The you know these wild card games overall were so much better than last weekend. They must have heard us talking, Absolutely. Ryan, and they must have yeah. said, "We got it. We got to do something about this." <laughs> yeah, right. We got to make sure that everything is on the level for uh, for week two. Yeah, this was a uh, this was an interesting game for sure. Uh, catching the highlights, catching the looking at the looking at the look, looking at the stats. I mean, it's a pretty evenly matched game, but it was just I I, I think. Part of it was the weather, part of it was the rustiness, and part of it was the fact that this Packers team, again, Packers, Packers fan, be proud of this team. Be and, and Dave and our friend Dave said it himself that he really didn't uh he didn't expect them to go this far this year. He thought it would be kind of a rebuild year, and he was pleasantly surprised that they got this far. He wanted he wanted to see the and we saw him in the chat on the, the other day on the uh on the on the on the, on the brunch he said I want a Packers Lions NFC championship well we got one half of that spoiler alert we'll get to that we'll get to that game we'll talk about that game next uh but yeah Packers fan hold hold your head up high for your team this team and this is the this was the youngest team I guess this is one of the youngest teams in the NFL yes this team at least in the playoffs uh that came into this game so you know it's yeah. going to be, I think, the Lions and Packers is going to be a very interesting rivalry in the NFC North going forward, at least for the yeah. next, I'd say, probably five years or so. Yeah, long term for sure. And in the short term, look, we got to add the Vikings back in there if Kirk Cousins comes back healthy for next year. That could be an interesting three team rivalry there. Um, because let's not forget the Vikings started what was it like one and one in five and then they came back and won their next games to bring it to to 500 before he goes down there so uh, it's gonna be an interesting division next year absolutely absolutely and if you're if you're looking forward to more football in 2024 yeah this is the division to watch for sure all right we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll we'll recap the other two NFL divisional games. We'll be back after this commercial break. You are tuned in to No Credentials Required. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports. 
SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, folks. And we are today we are brought to you by SeatGeek.com. Hey, look, there's always some sort of sport going up. Right now, NBA's in, NBA's in full swing. NHL's in full swing. They just put to go to the All-Star break. Baseball starting soon. Football's coming up to the end. But, hey, there's also... The UFL that's coming soon uh, to the uh, to the spring football. The, U- the XFL and USFL merged. Unfortunately, my my New Jersey Generals are <sighs> long again. Once again, died. Unfortunately, but yes, yeah, very sad. As did the Seattle Sea Dragons, by the way. Oh, that's the worst. That's the worst. I don't know why that you know. There's a lot of like. Texas teams in that league and whatever, but Hey, I'll be still excited to check it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you want to get yourself some tickets to the tickets to any of these events, plus concerts, comedy shows, musicals, plays, if it requires a box office ticket and you get yourself down to seatgeek.com, you look for your desired event. You put it in the shopping cart. When you get to checkout, if you're, you're spending $50 or more, just enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS in the promo code section. In the promo code part at the checkout, you get 20 bucks off your order. And I'm pretty sure in a couple of weeks when I go to see Jordan Peterson, I'm pretty sure there's uh, some – Dr. Jordan Peterson, there's some seats available at Proctor's uh, – Proctor's uh, at uh, Proctor's, but I'm pretty sure you can find them at SeatGeek.com. And again, 20 bucks off your order of $50 or more. The promo code belly up sports at checkout. The doctor approves. He sure does. <laughs> First, I'll tell you to clean your room, then go see him. But <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the Sunday slate of NFL divisional games Tampa Bay at Detroit. This was one of the best games of the weekend. I'd probably say top two, top two, oh, yeah. Dustin. Let's get your, let me get your thoughts on this game. Well, this one. And we thought, we thought, we predicted it on the show on Saturday. We knew that Todd Bowles would be ready despite the uh, weather and the frigid temperatures. I'm oh, sorry. I had God. to. <laughs> I had to. Now. You, 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 I'm, I'm going to give you my impression of his response. Ready? Yeah. yeah. You know, we're indoors, right? <laughs> you know, they got a dome, right? You that was the that was the got a dome. <laughs> Complete with awkward smile, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was dead on. Todd Bowles, are you hosting the show? Um, but anyway, I will say this this had the feel of, you know, it's the classic game you want. It's the back-and-forth game. Um, the Lions did what the Lions have been doing all season. Their two-headed running attack, once again, was effective. I think they totaled for 114 yards. Um, Jared Goff threw two touchdowns, and this is key. Little foreshadowing, he did not turn the ball over. 
But the Bucks did have a game play for Jared Goff, and they were they were confusing the Lions a little bit in the beginning. They were keeping it, keeping the game close. The teams were trading punches. Um, I thought the Bucks played a little conservative to my mind um, early in the game. They were not they were not throwing deep shots to their receivers, which to me is the strong point of the Tampa Bay Bucks. And then when they finally decided to take deep shots down the field, it worked. You know, Mike uh, Mike Evans got to do what he does. There were deep shots to Chris Godwin. Rashad White, once again, I feel like this is – we ring his bell every week. He did enough and was effective enough. But what is key to me in this game is that Baker, he played another great game. He was in it to win it. He's had a great season, but he threw two interceptions at the worst possible times. One yeah. on the final drive of the game and the other one very early in the game, which allowed Detroit to take early moment uh early momentum in the in the beginning of the game. Because the momentum shifts in this one, you could feel it. You know, there were times where Tampa Bay silenced the crowd in Detroit, but you know, the Lions Dan Campbell had said at the half, I think coming out of the half, he said, we got to make a couple stops. We got to make some plays and we'll get the momentum right back. And the Lions did. The Lions did. This was a great game to watch. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, who knew that Sunday's games were going to be the best games? We did. We did. <laughs> we did. This was a punch for punch game and I enjoyed every single minute of it. And I got to point to this clown show tweet. From, from Barstool Sports, uh, they they put up a tweet uh, earlier that day. I think it was early, right, right as the game was starting. And the, the tweet reads, watching Baker versus Goff before Mahomes versus Allen. And they played a, a short clip of uh, Aaron Eckhart as as a Harvey Dent in the oh, black. Oh, yeah. Night, where he says, it's always darkest before the dawn. As if to say... Mahomes versus Allen is the dawn. No, this is football. This is real football. This is smash mouth, punch you in the face. I'll punch you right back. Football, the way it's meant to be. And I love this game. Absolutely love this game. Because, wait, let's give full credit to the Buccaneers. And again, another fan base that should hold their heads high for their fan base, the Buccaneers. We didn't know who they were going to be this season. But, and I give... I, I give crap to Todd Bowles on the show. I've always said that he's a bit, he's a better coordinator than he is a head coach. I think he's starting to feel a little bit. He's starting to feel himself a little bit as a head coach, and he's proven it this season, especially down the stretch. And he put a pretty pretty good defensive game plan, uh, frustrating frustrating the uh, Detroit Lions receivers. Uh, Baker Mayfield, man, Baker Mayfield, he's. He's balling out. I call him. I call him bulletin board Baker on Saturday morning. Yeah, and he, he was showing it. He was showing it. He again matching touchdown for touchdown, and he kept this offense in the game. He kept this offense in the game. I believe he had what, over three hundred yards passing in this game. Uh, again, like he had last week against the Eagles. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. And he kept them. He kept the Buccaneers in this game. He did what he had to to keep them in this game. However, 
it's just really too bad that the offense had that three and out before Detroit had scored that touchdown to take the lead in the fourth quarter. Lions defense did what they had to do, force a three and out. Offense goes down, score a touchdown. And it's just too bad that they took the lead permanently because Baker, he answered right back with a TD of their own. But I was a little confused by the decision to go for two. I figured they'd just go for the extra point, get the ball back, try to tie the score. But I think they wanted to take that two-point conversion so they could get that game-winning touchdown and win the game outright. So I was a little confused by that opportunity, that chance to try and tie the score. And the defense did what they had to do, got the offense the ball back, and then Baker throws that touch that throws that interception. And it was, it was, uh, it was, that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. So I'm curious to see what happens in the offseason for the Buccaneers because you have two, you have two big decisions you're going to make. First off, do you run it back with Baker? Secondly, how much are you going to pay Mike Evans? Because Mike Evans, after yeah. this, after this season, he's an unrestricted free agent. He can go any. He's going to get him. He's going to get himself paid. He's going to reset the market for wide receivers in this league. So the Buccaneers had those two questions to answer, and according to Tankathon.com, they are picking 26th in the draft. So a little far down can they pick up somebody to you know can they pick up a replacement wide receiver do they trade up in the draft do they take a wide receiver or do they take a quarterback so i don't know if that, if it were up to me if i'm the if i'm the general manager i run it back with baker yes try to see what i can do for, to accommodate mike evans as much as i possibly can because he's in his 30s he has a super bowl ring he know he's been in the playoffs a few times in his career he knows how to win baker is starting to show that he's yet. Yeah, I'm still an NFL quarterback. I'm not going to Canada. I'm not going to the Arena League. <laughs> I'm I'm staying right here in the NFL. And you got the and I think he fits with that. His personality fits with that Buccaneers team. Yes, yes. I think Baker has found a home. He's certainly done enough to where I would sign him to a deal. Baker's gonna. He's done enough to where he's gonna command some more money as well. So that's what's gonna mm-hmm. be tough. Uh, they signed him with the expectation of him being a bridge quarterback, and he has been uh, a lot more than that. Mike Evans, I just looked up his age, real-time research. He is 30 on the nose. Um, I thought that he was a touch older than that because it seems mm-hmm. like he's been around forever. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think if I were the GM of the Bucks, I would try try to sign him to a two to three year deal, but I think he's going to command more than that. So that's where I think mm-hmm. it could get a little sticky for the Bucks. But to me, he is their number one option, even though they have Chris Godwin, who seems to be all the way back from his injury now. It took him a little bit, but he he has reemerged. Uh, but Mike Evans is still – he's such a valuable target in the red zone, and he is he is their number one option still to me. When you need when you need a clutch catch, you're throwing the ball to Mike Evans. So that's going to be an interesting offseason for sure. Yeah, for sure. Before we get to the next game, we got to take a quick visit to the comment section. we got lots of comments coming in. 
Walk of the Saints saying cool hat, cool cause. Absolutely. Yeah. Our friend Sick Dicky, friend of the show, joining us all the way from Norway, saying it's 2.10 a.m. in Scandinavia, and I'm too early for Wednesday brunch. Yeah, just a just a skosh early for Sunday brunch. Uh, he also adds the Ravens turned the angry turned into the angry birds in the second half. They sure did. Uh, CJ Stroud showed his inexperience in this game. The entire Texans team showed their youth and overall inexperience. They'll be building off of this. Absolutely. And D'Amico Ryan said it after the after the after the game, the post-game press conference. He said, This loss is gonna stick with me for a while. So he's preparing to build off of this, definitely preparing to build off of this loss. That is yeah. Cool. And to quote to quote one time New York Jet coach Herm Edwards, and this is a quote that I use at bowling all the time whenever I get that first spare or strike. We can build on this. Mm-hmm. And uh <laughs> And that's what the Texans will be doing. Uh, he also says, "Don't forget about the, about the questionable trades the Texans made as well." Yeah, they uh, uh, they made some questionable trades you know, prior to this whole thing. Prior to this year, uh, they made some interesting trades. Uh, Wonko says, "Finally, a dangerous playoff team from the state of Texas." Oh, <laughs> oh. Wonko coming Just off fired the top Cowboys rope. Fan. Oh yeah, Wonko's <laughs> coming up the top rope for that one. <laughs> Uh, Sick also says he also got some strong weapons for Deshaun Watson. I presume he meant CJ Stroud, but I could be wrong. Uh, but talking about the, I suspect he's talking about the Cleveland Browns. By if he's referring to the Texans, uh, he might have meant CJ Stroud because Tank Dell, Tank Dell's coming back next year. Uh, they got a pretty decent run game to build off of. So I think they add, I think they add one more. I think if they add some offensive linemen, that'll help. That will help them. That will help them. He said they got rid of some strong weapons for Deshaun Watson, so he might be talking about more of what the Browns gave up to get Deshaun right. Watson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's true. That's true. Uh, Dr. Lee says, no Sapna? Sports ball! <laughs> uh, Wonka says, no Purdy hate for me. He's young, looked rusty, and his ceiling is higher than I ever guessed. Plus, the pack is for real. Yeah. Uh, he also had SeatGeek hook me up with some of those hard to get Seattle Mist tickets. Um, I had to look up who the Seattle Mist was, and apparently the Seattle Mist were a team in the Legends Football League that was founded as part of the Lingerie Bulls expansion into a full fledged league in 2009. So they were they were part of the LFL, the lingerie that let the well it was called the Legends Football League, but let's just face it, it's it's the it's the lingerie football league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not know who the Seattle Mist were either. That's why I had to look it up. I <laughs> presume he meant the Seattle Storm from the WNBA, but yeah. You know, oh yeah. I had to look it yeah. up. See, real-time research pays off. <laughs> there should still be another uh basketball franchise in Seattle for what it's worth. I will die on that hill. I, I still find it funny that David Stern promised the Seattle Supersonics would be back in Seattle. Um he's dead. And Gary Bettman brought the NHL back to (laughs) – he brought Seattle back to the NHL before the NBA came back. And I still find that that hysterical. Uh, There we go. Sapna. Sports ball! (laughs) A couple more comments before we move on to the last game. Uh, Sick ass does not have a cold. Yes, he does. I very much Uh, do. Dr. Lady says the games were scheduled in the right order. Each one was more exciting than the one before. Absolutely. Amen to that. 
I agree with you, Dr. Lady, and I love your name. It's the best. The comma Esquire puts it, you know, it's that <laughs> chef's kick, right? Or kiss right on top of it. <laughs> and sick and sick one to clarify says no i meant prior to the watson trade the, the to cleveland the texans had made some questionable trades that left uh, them without some key weapons okay god thank you we were yeah, both wrong <laughs> yeah we were both we were both very very wrong all right the final game of the divisional round kansas city at buffalo arguably the arguably the game of the week although i would have to say tampa bay tampa bay and detroit was the game of the week myself I'll lead off with this one. Bills fan. Bills fan wanted every bit of this game. They wanted the Chiefs in their backyard. But unfortunately for the Bills and for Bills fan, it's just more heartbreak for them. Entertaining first half. Love the energy that Jason Kelsey brought. Jason Kelsey is now my spirit animal. I want to be like him when I grow up. Uh, now, there's a couple of things the Bills did that left me really, really confused couple of them were in special teams. The first one, why did they abandon the game? Why did they abandon the run game in the fourth quarter? It all it just seemed like they reverted back to when Ken Dorsey was the uh, was the offensive coordinator and Josh Allen was they were either they were using, using desired runs for Josh Allen or he was scrambling for his life getting out of the pocket trying to get a first down or trying to get positive yardage cuz he led the guess what he did in this game? He led the Bills in rushing. <laughs> He, he was basically their running game once again. They were relying on him to both do the run and pass. And I've said over the last month or so, the Chiefs defense brought them this far, and they're continuing to do so. They continue to do that in this game. They made the big plays when they needed to, but here are the two big plays that cost the Bills dearly. The first one, and they're both on special teams, the first one was that fake punt early in the fourth quarter in negative territory. And yeah. I think Tony Romo's explaining or Jim Nance was explaining that the chiefs only had 10 players on the field when they were trying to punt and they figured, all right, let's call an audible. Let's get a fake. Let's, do, let's try to run it. DeMar Hillen starts to run, gets only two yards. They need five. Now it led to what would have been basically a game ceiling touchdown, but the Chiefs fumbled the ball out of bounds. A nice heads-up play by the by the Bills' defense. And it causes the turnover. The ball goes out of the end zone. It's touched back. Bills get the ball back. They kind of play back and forth. And Bills get the ball back. And they drive the field. And really long, they have a really long drive. I believe it was a 12-play drive trying to win the game. Couldn't, couldn't get a first down. Again, Chiefs' defense, to their credit, Steve Spagnuolo drive. Steve Spagnola uh, drawing up all those defensive plays, trying to limit Josh Allen. And then it comes to the field goal by Tyler Bass that gave me Scott Norwood vibes. Mm. If anybody remembers Super Bowl 25, Scott Norwood, wide right. That, that brought me back. That brought, I mean, on, on the unfortunate side, it brought me back. And I got to say the Bills fans – who are on social media, shame, shame on you, shame on you for forcing. I mean, Tyler Bass had to go off of social media after that game because of so many threats, so much vitriol coming his way. It forced him off social media. And that kind of brought me back to 2004. I'm, I'm a big CFL fan, a big Canadian Football League fan. 
there was a kicker by the name of Paul McCallum who missed a field goal. Uh, he made a he missed a field goal that would have put up the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in there in the West Final. And basically, what happened was that the Rough Riders fans found his house, not only threw eggs at his house, but also dumped manure on his lawn. Yeah, that's how much. That's how much. That's how much they hated the fact that he missed the field goal. Now, unlike Scott Norwood, who was embraced by the city of Buffalo and loved and encouraged, and we saw it in the Four Falls of Buffalo, he tells about he talks tells a story about how uh, the, the the city of Buffalo just embraced him, absolutely embraced him after that. Even though he missed that field goal, they said, "Yay, great season!" Regardless, we got to Super Bowl. I get the pain of another playoff loss to the Chiefs, but that's no way to treat a no. member of your community after no. a playoff loss. Like I get it, I'm a Jets fan. I know pain. <laughs> I'm numb. I'm numb to it at this point. But that's no way to treat a player after after this type of game. And shame. It's for shame. That's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, yeah. There's no. There's no need for that. There's. There's a. Be passionate about your team. Uh, but don't do that. There's no. There's no room for that. When people. When people cross that certain line. It's not, you know, these are people's lives. Don't don't mess with them like that. Uh, yeah. You know, anytime it's you, you hear stories like this in sports, you know what happened to Bill Buckner after that ball went between his legs? He had to leave mm-hmm. Boston because of similar stuff. It's too, don't do this. Don't do this. Yeah. Uh, but I have to say this game, this game was a very entertaining game. And this game also had the energy of a boxing match, but it was a little bit of a different energy. And I'm showing my bias here. I wanted to see the Buffalo Bills advance. I wanted, I was rooting for Buffalo in this game. Okay. Mm -hmm. We try not to be biased when we're covering, you know, if it comes to the Seahawks, for me, I'm biased. When it comes to the Jets, for Ryan, he's biased. But with the for the rest of the league, we try to remain neutral as possible but in this game i wanted buffalo to advance nothing against the chiefs but i wanted buffalo to advance but the whole time even when the buffalo bills would do a long drive and sustain uh you know like an eight minute drive and they'd score the chiefs would take the ball and score in three minutes and i just Mm -hmm. felt like i felt like the bills were on a tightrope that was getting ever thinner i just felt like the chiefs for whatever reason we brought it up last weekend about the problems that the chiefs offense had had and uh on the strength of their defense with steve spagnolo the offense did stumble a little bit the chiefs offense but then they found themselves again it was two it was it was a couple key things Isaiah Pacheco was able to run well again, yep. angry and well. Clyde Edwards Elaire, there was even a Clyde Edwards Elaire sighting. So the running game got going. He had a great run. But also, Tra- Travis Kelsey scores two touchdowns in this game. Patrick Mahomes finds his number one target again. Also, the Kansas City receivers, with the exception of that Nicole Hardman fumble, in the end zone, they did not have the drops that plagued them the last few games. 
Uh, Sky Moore made some key catches. Marquez Valdez-Scantling made a couple key catches that kind of atones for that Monday night drop against the Eagles. And I just felt like the Bills, <clears throat> although they played well for most of the game, it was more of a struggle for them to put – not a struggle, but I just don't know how to say it. But To bring it back to my boxing analogy, this was like Ali Frazier – but with the Chiefs, we're playing the part of Ali. It just looked mm. more effortless for them. While the Bills, they got their hits in, but you could tell they were working to get their hits in. It just wasn't. Mm. And, and as you put, as you uh, alluded to, I think they put too much, whether it was Josh Allen's own decision or they reverted back a little bit. They put too much on Josh Allen this game. They wanted him to do too much and they kind of got away from what their game plan had been uh and their method for success leading into this game and uh even i said when they kicked that when when poor bass missed that field goal i said in my house to no one did it have to be wide right again that's you uh, know it's just gut-wrenching yeah i as when Bass kicked that field goal, and I, I at first I couldn't tell if, if the wind had taken it because there was a pretty strong wind in that in that stadium in that game. And I texted my brothers because we we text about during football games, and I said, "Was that what did the wind take that, or was that just a shank?" And my brother Jim just says it was a shank. And yeah, I, I looked at the replay. There was there wasn't really a whole lot of wind. And it was yeah. just a really bad shank and as soon as i see that field goal as soon as i go sees it go sailing to the right went whoa like i just said like that my sister could hear me she goes what yeah the bills just lost the game and she's like oh no i'm like yeah yeah and this is this is where i mean hats off to the kansas city chiefs you gotta take your hats off to them they are advancing to their sixth straight afc championship game yeah, that is that is mind boggling. I did not realize that it had been that many six straight. And that's where the difference came into this game. They have they have the experience. They've been there before. And you can and you can tell you can mm -hmm. tell they know how to handle these situations. Like I said, both teams threw punches, both teams scored, but it just looked easier for the Chiefs at points. It looked easier. Yeah, I, I, and one more thought about this game before we uh, move on to our last topic. We'll spend a short time on that. Um, so, uh, it was, and this is within the last probably twenty minutes. We've been we, we decided to go to talk about this topic as well. Uh, all I can say is that in Travis Kelsey's in Travis Kelsey's suite, we saw America's sweetheart. Uh, we also saw Taylor Swift in there. So, <laughs> but um. Yeah. Does America's sweetheart uh, was was he shirtless and crushing beers? <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we talked about our last topic of the evening, which again we just talked. We just went over this, but the last within the last half hour, we decided to talk about it shortly before we close the show. Uh, Sick Diggy from Norway says, "God bed ring slash get well soon, Dustin." Uh, he also says, "As far as Josh Allen goes, once again the Madden curse strikes and claims his latest victim." 
insert evil Ted DiBiase laugh. I can't do the Ted DiBiase laugh. Neither can I, but it's one of the greatest laughs of all time. Love the Million Dollar Man. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Our friend, and I'll get the PSA, Wise L. Hefrey, friend of the show, says, Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Wise. And we have to play that. We, we got to play it. We got to play the PSA. As soon as I found it. Here it is. The following is a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. Boston. This has been a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. I always love that. I always love that. Wise has what is akin to his own entrance music on our show. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Your Uncle Al says, wide right. Yeah. Yep, again. Yeah. Dr. Lady Tyra Bass's Miss Field Gold Tournament to Lance Bass. Whoa! Oh, man. Oh, oh, man. Dr. Lady off the top rope. Man. No, I would, I would, it's, I, I refuse to let that Lance Bass slander stand. I would say it turned him into Joey Fatone. No. Uh, <laughs> enter the fat one. The <laughs> let me know in the chat if you know if you know the reference. Joe. Enter the fat one. Uh, your uncle Al says, uh, "If it wasn't just the bass kick, it was the end result of missed opportunities." Absolutely, yes. positively yes. agree. Absolutely, positively agree. Uh, Six says, "In the realm of soccer, the late Colombian defender Andreas Escobar comes to mind. He was killed allegedly for the own goal he scored in the '94 World Cup against the U.S. I remember that. Yes, I remember that like it was yesterday. It was sad. It was sad. Yeah, very sad and sick. I I imagine you've probably seen it, but if you haven't seen it, there's a very good two uh, thirty for thirty documentary about yep. that called the Two Escobars. Check it out yep. if you haven't. Yep, one Pablo, one Andreas. I uh, also goes on to say on the lighter side, a certain phrase comes to mind from Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, laces in. <laughs> <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Al says, Dustin Henry playing through pain. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> and, and and Wise, I watched the show just so you play the PSA. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll take the view no matter how we get it. <laughs> uh, one more comment. Sick Diggy says, Jason Kelsey is a self-professed Neanderthal. That's why he's so lovable. Absolutely. That's why he's my spirit animal. He's my spirit animal. That's you know, you know I, I want to be him when I grow up. And he was rocking the Russell Athletic rocking the Russell Athletic sweatpants too. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Prussian beers, shirtless, very inspired by Burt Kreischer. All right. Yeah. To end the show, we're gonna place in a little bit of baseball talk. Oh, I gotta play, I gotta play the bumper. We have some let me just say. This is breaking news. Oh, boy. Breaking news. I want to do this. It reminds me of Sprockets from Saturday Night Live when I play that music. <laughs> Who's going to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown this August? So right before the show began, the Baseball Hall of Fame announced their inductees for 2024 and they are as follows third baseman andre adrian beltre twins catcher joe mauer yes rocky's first baseman todd helton that's and the uh they will also join contemporary baseball committee electee jim leyland jim leland excuse me 
on July 21st in Cooperstown, New York. So congratulations to all, to all three, all four of those men. Congratulations. You'll be going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Dr. Lady says, I could see Beltre, but didn't see Maurer or Helton. Uh, this was Helton's sixth time being on the ballot. I believe this was Joe Maurer's first time on the ballot. And if you know anything about Joe Maurer, those iconic sideburns. But <laughs> besides that, he was one of the best hitting catchers of our generation. Yes. Got yes. moved to first base later in his career. But if you look, when I played fantasy baseball, I tried my damnedest to try to get Joe Maurer on my squad every single year. That's how good of a hitter he was. Oh, yeah. And especially at the catcher position. You know, Mike Piazza is considered one of the greatest offensive catchers of all time because, mm -hmm. you know, you typically do not get numbers like he put up at the catcher position. But uh, Maurer was one of those guys that put up numbers like that, like a Buster Posey. Uh, you know, Maurer, I remember there was so much talk about him when he was coming up in the Twins organization. They were always talking about how they had Maurer and Morneau, you know, the, the modern version of the M&M boys, for those mm -hmm. of you who still remember Mantle and Maris of our beloved New York Yankees. But Maurer, I agree with you, Ryan. He was always somebody you targeted especially in fantasy baseball, and he was somebody that I love to watch hit. And he was yep. also a great catcher at a position where you take a beating, and he, he yeah. moved to first base to prolong his career, which a lot of catchers have done. But uh, I, think, I think he gets in. He gets the nod, especially at the position he played and the numbers he put up. Yeah. And uh, Adrian Beltre also had a very respectable, a oh, very, yeah. very good career, very good career, very you know, great third baseman, played with a number of teams, uh, power hitting third baseman too. Great numbers. I mean, you could argue with numbers, great. That's, but I think more of his impact was on, was on the defensive side, on the defensive side of the ball of the, of, the, of, of it. He's a very good defensive third baseman. Yeah. Well, so he had a glove and, and the hot corner is tough to play. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Todd Helton. I like this pick. I, 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 I'm, I'm happy that he got in. It was his sixth time being on the ballot. I believe if he didn't get on this ballot, he would have been ineligible from here on out unless he was voted in by the contemporary uh, baseball era committee, but well-deserved, well-deserved 17 yes. years with the Colorado Rockies crushing all those home runs. And you could, you could, you know, let's okay. Let's put this argument to bed. Can we stop with the inflated numbers argument because he played at Coors Place? Yeah. Can we stop with that. I hate that argument. Oh, he's playing in mile high air. The air is thinner, so the direct the launch trajectory is 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 uh is bigger. I don't care. I don't care. You either hit home runs out of the park or you don't. It's yeah. But in addition to be a great power hitter, he also hit for numbers. Yes. He also hit for numbers. He was a he consistent three hundred hitter. He hit for average as well as power. He was a consistent 300 hitter pretty much his entire career. And again, like Beltre, a very good defensive first yes. baseman in his own right. I would say he was underrated defensively, and everybody always took shots. And I don't know why, but you know how, Ryan, you always find those players that you root for when they're not mm -hmm. on your teams? Todd yep. Helton was one of those guys for me. I always rooted for Todd Helton. I always liked Todd Helton. Whenever anybody said, oh, his numbers are inflated because he plays at Coors, 
Well, not everybody that goes to Coors, to your point, hits the cover off the ball there. There are, you know, there are hitters that have gone to the Rockies that you think, oh, this guy's going to mash at Coors Field, and they do nothing. Um, the other thing is the baseball season's so long, and I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and do the math, but Todd Helton also played half of the games in his career away from Coors Field, and he still mm -hmm. hit the ball. And his defense, as you pointed out, is much better than people realize. He was an all-around player. He, he had defensive skills. He hit for average, and he hit for power. He's not one of these guys that just sold out for power all the time. Yeah, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Todd Helton played football. He did. With Peyton Manning, I believe he was. He was. Yes, he did. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was actually Todd Helton's backup at the University of Tennessee for a very brief time. Yeah, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> and then Jim Leland, the uh, who was elected as the Contemporary Baseball Committee electee, legendary manager with the Pirates, the Marlins, and I believe the Tigers. The Tigers, yes, the Tigers uh, took him took. Didn't, couldn't take the Pirates to the World Series, but went up winning a World Series with the Marlins in, two, in 1997. Took the Tigers to the World Series in 2006. Uh, so legendary manager into the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to him as well. Um, I don't I mean, I don't really have a whole lot of memories about Jim Leyland, uh, yeah. other than the fact that he just he was just there, like Dusty Baker. Uh, he was just there for, and, and like Sparky Anderson, like yeah. all those managers, he just seemed to be a mainstay at the, in the managerial realm uh, in this particular, in our particular, particular generation. It's just like every, 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 I think for, I think for a good 25 years, it was Jim Leland at the, as at the bench uh, somewhere in major league baseball. Yeah. That cigar smoking uh SOB Jim <laughs> Leland. Now yeah, yeah, every every so often you'd see him take a drag in the dugout. <laughs> yeah, he he also you know he just looked like an old school baseball guy, you know. He's not one of these guys that's gonna be like, Oh, let me go to the analytics on this one. No, he's gonna trust his gut. And a lot of times he made the right decisions. You know, his his career speaks for itself. But I, like you, I don't have a lot of Jim Leland memories. I just remember him always being there and being yeah. a decent, a, a, you know, a, a very good manager from what I understand. Yeah. But he just had that old school feel. And I also was a little intimidated by Jim Leland. I don't I don't think I, I would want to uh, run afoul of him. He just felt like yeah. he could – you know, he could do some damage. So, you know, much respect to Jim Leland. I think it's well-deserved that he gets in there as well. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, he's the type of type of old-school manager, had the duster, the mustache, and taking drags in the dugout uh, from a dart in the dugout, <laughs> underground dart in the dugout. You know, congratulations, Jim Leland. Uh, well-deserved. Well-deserved. And he won – he helped – the team USA won the 2017 world baseball classic. He was manager of that team. It was a very good team too. Won up absolutely beating the snot out of the, the Dominican Republic in the championship game. So, you know, great for him. Great career. Um, I, I didn't realize this. He's 79 years young. Oh, wow. I think he'll be 80 years old when he gets in the, on the day of the induction. So oh, I'll right, take one more, one more trip to the comment section. Um, uh, 
Wonko says, baseball, that's the one with the sticks, but not the ice dancing, right? <laughs> yes. It's not it's not Blades of Glory. You won't see <laughs> you got Blades of, it's not Blades of Glory. Uh Dr. Lady says it was Mauer, it was Mauer's first time in the ballot. Yep, it was. Uh sick to get with a commercial. <clears throat> Breaking news is brought to you by Jersey Devil Hot Sauce. The hot sauce all the way out of hell. Proudly endorsed by Mayor of Knoxville County, Tennessee. <laughs> and that mayor happens to be former wrestler, uh, former wrestler Kane. Um, yes, Glenn Jacobs. Name. Glenn Jacobs. Yes, thank you. I was trying to remember his name. No real-time uh, research needed for that one. <laughs> that no, was a, right here in the dome. Right, right. Uh, Dr. Lady says Mike Piazza is the greatest hitting catcher of all time. I would argue power hitter. Not so much for average, but power. Yeah, some people, you can say Mauer is the best throw, ever. Uh, Johnny Bench in there, you know, yep. even though even though by all accounts Johnny Bench kind of a pos, uh, <laughs> but, but he's great. You know, I as a Yankee fan, I wonder what would have happened if Thurman Munson's career wasn't unfortunately mm. cut short. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, your uncle Al saying still winning on Gary Sanchez. <laughs> He's gonna put it together <laughs> <laughs> in the minor leagues. Uh, Doctor Lady says, "Let's let let catchers block the plate again." I agree. Uh, she also says, "My childhood best friend uncle is Todd Helton." That's awesome. I may be reaching out for an autograph. Um, uncle Al says, "Leland has looked eighty years old for forty years." <laughs> he kind of has. He kind of has. That's why I would. He's that's right. why I would mess with him. It's why I wouldn't mess with them. It's like when I was watching, I was watching a football life a while back, and they showed this picture of Mike Ditka, and I'm like, oh, he looks like he's probably 35 there. He was like 22 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll uh the last two comments in the night before we get on here. Got to here. Wonko says Wonko's sports hierarchy, sports ball hierarchy, NFL, college football, and basketball, the NBA, the Olympics, the Seattle Mist, and stick balls. Um, I suspect that stick balls means baseball, maybe hockey. I don't, I don't know. I'm guessing. Know. And then sick asks, speaking of Mike Piazza, would Roger Clemens bury the hatchet if it meant getting inducted into the Hall of Fame? Probably. I don't know. Roger, Roger is one of those. Uh, he strikes me as the a type of person that would hold a grudge for a long time, even if he was wrong. Maybe. Maybe it's true. All right, we're going to get out of here. So before we do, we just want to remind you about our social media channels right down here below, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. That would be at NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ. If you're watching on Rumble or on Billy Up Sports YouTube the next day, we appreciate you stopping by. And also, I just want to remind you to please like, comment, share, and subscribe if you're watching on Replay. And again, to all of our social media channels right down here below. On the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Author, Place, Google Play, because it'll be dealing with the part very, very soon. Wherever you podcast, rate and review, uh, leave a five-star review, uh, leave a five, rate five stars, excuse me, lose a five-star rating. And if you're on a platform where you can review, we'll even read it on the air. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of No Crunches Required, where you don't need a press pass 
Talk Sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. For my co-host, Dustin Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy. We'll be back on Saturday morning for the Saturday morning brunch. So stop on then until until stop stop on then stop stop by then oh my gosh i can't talk stop by then 10 a.m eastern to the saturday brunch edition until then we'll talk to you soon see you saturday good night everybody <laughs>